Lord Jesus, thank you for uh, just again uh, how good you are to us. I pray that we would never uh, forsake recognizing uh, your goodness to us, and your goodness is greater than we even understand. And so, Lord, uh, we just pray your blessing upon our time together. Uh, we do just ask that you would uh, uh, help us to grow closer to you, understand your ways more, and that our discussion would be fruitful, and uh, that we would get the greater picture of who you are and who we are because of who you say we are. And Lord, uh, how much you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, we're moving on rapidly. Mark 3, <clears throat> 31 through 35. Someone, if they'd be so kind, to uh, read that aloud, please. And his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent him to and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. And for whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Okay. So, why does Jesus kind of question who is his family? So, he, he kind of, they say here, and he goes, Well, who is it? Right? So, why does he do that, though? Why do you think? <laughs> we're getting there. Well, we're all family, right? Okay. I think okay. it's because I think back to the passage where he says, like, he came, what is it, to, like, divide father and son or something like that? Like, you know, Not to bring peace, but a sword at the time. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of like your real family are those who, you know, are in Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it also says, honor your father and mother. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he honors his mom on the cross for sure because he makes sure she's taken care of. So I think that there's a principle here that he's trying to explain. Number one, what did what did he what was his message when he first came on the scene? What was the phrase he said? I know it was like twelve weeks ago. But repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So his whole thing that Jesus is trying to do is, is to get people to understand the kingdom of God and how that works. And so when we look at the kingdom of God, uh, we are all then, according to what Jesus says, brothers and sisters and part of the family. And Paul picks up on this in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, that we're part of this family of God. It doesn't mean that... Um, that we just say, oh, well, forget you, mom and dad, because he addresses the Pharisees with that when they were like, I can't give money and take care of my parents because I've reserved this for the Lord. It was just to consume upon themselves. I looked at you. And then, um, and so, and so I think that, that again, he's, he's trying to get people to look kingdom-minded and how the kingdom works um, and not just how the earth works, which again is what a lot of our battle, right? Is we find ourselves so focused on the temporal that we we forsake and don't realize, wait a second, there's a bigger picture here. I'm part of a greater family. Um, now, again, his, his heart is that everyone would be reconciled to him, first and foremost, which would then reconcile our relationships with one another. But the reality is there are going to be moments 
and, and many of you know where family members just don't get along because the Christ has, has been a dividing factor in, in that relationship. Um, and it's not that, again, we as, as believers, we want to, as much as it is up to us, we're told in Romans, uh, be, live peaceably with all men, as much as it's up to you. So your effort is to be a peacemaker, but some people, I mean, people reject Jesus, right? Um, and so, but when we talk about, you know, who's really your family, I would say those who are in the kingdom of God, we're talking about eternal family now, right? This is ha- all for eternity. Um, does that help, or does that make us question more? Steve? Carol, did you have something to say? Well, I mean, this is, <clears throat> yeah, as, as you were saying, I mean, it's, it's sort of setting a marker for his ministry. I mean, this is still first year of his ministry, I'm assuming, pretty early mm-hmm. in his ministry. Um, so he's throwing this out there. How many, how many people actually understood it at the time? I wonder if his disciples even understood it. I would venture time. to say they probably didn't. Yeah, so he's <laughs> we, this out there. Yeah. Okay, here's my mother and brother and sister. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just throwing it out there in a sense. I mean, that, and a number of these things are sort of... Right, no, yeah. <laughs> and you go, what? Steve. I, I was stealing my thunder. I was, Good. This is sequential. I wonder if it's a divine appointment. Um, you have to remember Jesus is healing, touching other people, miracles. They go over there and he says, well, how is he doing this? And the Pharisees are saying, well, it's Beelzebub. And they must have been giddy. You know, they're accusing Jesus of casting out demons, demons by Beelzebub or Satan. And then his mom and dad come. And so they're saying, hey, your mom and dad are looking for you. You know, just well, that's reiterating our point. You know, you're not right in your mind or you're somehow... Uh, uh, you're not part of the system, but when the uh, when they when his, uh, the mom and dad come over there, uh, they're serious about taking him home. They don't like you like Harold saying they have they're clueless. They have no yeah. idea. Yeah, and just to clarify, um, not correcting no, no. dad. Dad's not in picture here. Right. His mom and his brothers. Most people believe Joseph had passed away by this time. Uh, so just just throwing that out there. Yes. Well, maybe when I'm thinking of I read this again, maybe in God's world there's no distinction by a mother or a brother, we're all one and the same. Okay. I think we could find scriptural basis for that, absolutely. But if you go to verse twenty one, and when his family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying he's out of his mind. So we have to be this is where we get weird. In, in how we interpret this. Because now some people would say, well, Jesus said they, they kind of rejected him, so now he's rejecting them. That's not what's happening here. Because the next question is, does this mean that Mary and his brothers have been replaced? We're all in. They're included. We're all in. Okay, so there's a bigger thing, right? Because, but some people can make that correlation. Well, they just kind of disowned him and said he's out of his mind, and now he's saying they're not really my bro- my my mother and my brothers. Um, also, just for for a fun theological thing, whether or not Joseph had passed away or not at this point in time, um, Mary and his brothers is more significant because G- the father of Jesus is not Joseph. Yeah. So. 
So, I mean, God doesn't leave anything un, undone. He, he makes sure that everything's sewn up nice and pretty um, so that we can't, we can try to throw holes in it, but they usually don't do very well. Um, but then what about verse 35? Um, For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Uh, again, none of us get to be father. <laughs> anyway, just the point. But, <laughs> but what is the point that Jesus is making there, and how does that apply to us? We're adopted into God's family. Okay. I mean, that's a short version, I guess. Sure. It's a good version. <laughs> short can be good. Especially sermons, right? Don't we? Yeah, I mean, we're not outside, we're not strangers, we're part of the family, and the family has an inheritance. Okay. We become, you know, he's given us inheritance, so that's, we're family. Yeah. But he starts that with, for whoever does the will of God. So it would seem, right, that there's some sort of requirements in order to be family related to him. Okay. And accepting Jesus Christ, or is it, you know, doing enough works to get to heaven? Right. Yeah, probably not that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, just kind of begging right. the question. Like, okay, well, yeah. Right. So, so Jesus is clarifying that hey, you know, there's a, there's a way that is clear of who gets to be part of my family, who gets to have the adoption. Um, and that is whoever does the will of God. Well, we know the will of God is that all would come to repentance and none would perish. And so we can, we can go, okay, so whoever then believes, as he says in John 3.16, those are the ones who have done the will of God. And again, we know that belief is the work of God. So we can't even believe without the help of God. Um, not that we're puppets, but we can't, we can't, we don't have the ability to, to cling and have faith in Jesus were it apart from the Holy Spirit. Um, and so he gets all the credit and all the glory. So again, how does this statement then of Jesus explain our lives as believers? This last, for whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and my mother. How does that apply to us today? You have to do work this Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> that if we're in a community of believers, we're all brothers, sisters, and mothers. Okay. Right? Yeah. And there are some veins in Christianity um, uh, that, that are big on calling each other brother and sister all the time. I think, um, again, we kind of have moved away from it to an extent because we've had some false religions come in that are really big at calling one another brother sister but again it's this whole idea of being part of a family um and how does family function right well 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 there's a lot of dysfunction in family right Uh, it's not it's not it's not an abnormal thing i mean the dysfunction is is part of of relating to one another but Christ helps with that dysfunction 
uh, you know, he brings us together. Again, I've said this before, and many of you have probably thought about this. I probably wouldn't know any of you if it weren't for Jesus Christ. I mean, he's brought us together. And, and you go, wow, you know, what a great, he's brought us into a family um, where we connect with one another. Um, and, you know, we are closer than just a friend on the street or an acquaintance. We are family. And we're family by the blood of Jesus. So I heard one guy say that, you know, we've all had the transfusion of blood by Jesus Christ, so all our blood's the same blood type now. I mean, obviously, spiritually, that makes sense. Yes, Connie. Okay, why are fathers not Well, we have some in the New Testament, this idea of a spiritual father, those who have mentored somebody and raised them up in the faith. But again, Jesus is God, and so he's the head. So no one's going to supersede Jesus. So if we're brothers uh, with Jesus or sisters with Jesus, joint heirs, as, as, as Paul has said, we're not above him, and a father would be considered above somebody. And we have one heavenly father, um, God, and so we can't be necessarily above him, but we can be brothers. All of us are either a son or a daughter. That's how I like to look at it. Everyone's a son or a daughter. Not everyone's a father, not everyone's a mother, but everyone's a son or a daughter. It helps me anyway when I think about it that way. I think it'd be really confusing because Jesus is always talking about the Father. Yeah. He refers to God as his Father, so it, it would be probably really confusing if he said, you know, talking about Father here means God, and then talking about Father here means like somebody else. Yeah, I mean, I think the idea is that we know that we have a Heavenly Father um, and that He says, I and the Father are one, so that would put Jesus kind of in that place of authority um, in the family of God. And so I think that that's probably why. Um, And here's a challenge I think we have in our society today is fathers um, overall, boy, wait, let me backtrack how I say this. Fathers have been viewed poorly in our society, um, and a lot of fathers have acted poorly in our society. I'm not, as, you know, you know, giving any, you know, leeway to the women, but I mean, you go to some other countries. Like when we would do mission work for for pastors' conferences in Southern Baja, there were a lot of, excuse the term, but I'm gonna use it, a lot of sperm donors down there, but not a lot of fathers. And um, I think you see that in our society. There's a lot of, of people making babies, but not a lot of fathers. A lot. And, and we know in our society, when you even look at, at, at modern uh, studies, that the father figure is extremely important in the life of, of, of and development of a person. Um, and so if people have daddy issues, I mean, mo- a lot of that will... There are problems if you talk to most people who have had done a lot of crimes. There's a high percentage that had absent fathers. It's really interesting. Um, so I think that, again, that's tough for us, right? Because we're trying to tell people how great our father in heaven is. And they're like, yeah, but dads are horrible. And you're like, yeah, I mean, my, my cousins are that way. Uh, one cousin, she had a very hard father. Not, um, difficult, I believe he did his, he's done his best. I don't think it was malicious, but it was very difficult. So when I've talked to her about, about you know, our Heavenly Father, she's like, I can't even, because all she has is she can't get past her example on earth, even though we know that those are failing, right? Yes? Uh, interesting about that is that I've also read that 
people who have bad relationship with their parents, with their father, specifically, are much more likely to be atheists. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense because it kind of creates, like, you know, a father is supposed to be a reflection of what God is to us on earth, and then if they fail at that, then the person is going to have to struggle with mm-hmm. you know, the Heavenly Father. Yeah. As well as, like, depression is also very common, uh, just mental illness in general. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. yeah. So fathers got a big deal here. Yes. And what really bothers me is if, with, if you talk about a nuclear family and the father is the, you know, the top, more or less. If you, I mean, the Bible doesn't even talk about a father. I mean, I realize that we have a father in heaven, yeah. but we should so Ephesians and um, and and, and Galatians and talks a lot about how the fathers are supposed to be. Um, so yeah, yeah, yep. So we're okay. There's some hard verses there too. Well, yeah. I mean, you if if a lot of guys would would read and believe it before, they'd probably never have a kid because I'm not having that pressure. So. And I've talked about it in the past, but how many times did you, you think about it now where society, news media, movies, where men are portrayed as men, where they're, uh, they're examples, they're raising their kids right, they're, you're able, even in school or anywhere, you're able to discipline, uh, you're not allowed to really instruct, uh, everything's a fear, a fear area of, uh, I don't want to inter, intercede in an area because in society, I, I, I'll be uh, chastised for uh, yeah. being uh, self-righteous or some goofy thing. Uh, it, the list just goes on and on and on. Of, 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 uh, I can't think of too many areas where uh, the male father figure is uh, encouraged, let alone instruction in any place in society. Yeah, and it's a great opportunity, I think, for us to go look at what a real father is supposed to be. Let's look at God. Amen. Um, because this world does not offer good fatherly examples. I mean, even the best father. I mean, many of us have, you know, I feel like I had a really good father, but he wasn't perfect. Uh, you know, but again, I think he did his best. And, and uh, I think most fathers are trying. Um, and especially in the church, I'm hoping they're trying. Uh, but they're not perfect, and so they need the help of the family. You, you know, um, I think it's really important that we help as best we can and not look at them like, man, you guys are failing. Because they already, I mean, I can speak for myself. I already knew I was failing. You know, people thought I knew what I was doing. I'm like, no. <laughs> I asked my dad when my kids were teenagers, how'd you do it so well? He goes, well, we learned how to pray. Okay. <laughs> oh, that wasn't the answer I was looking for. I just wanted, give me a formula here. It would help a lot. He goes, no, we learned how to pray. Oh, okay. So, anyway, let's move on to Mark chapter 4 then. Someone, uh, if you'd be so kind, read through uh, verses 1 through 9. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land, and he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching he said to them, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, and uh, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, and it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. 
Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. All right, so what's the overall theme of these verses? never know you're sowing seeds all the time but you never know when they're going to take root and any one of us can be the sower you in, you interact with people and you either make a good impression or a bad and sometimes you just don't know that you've said or done something that helped it mm-hmm. and it falls then it's fallen on good soil but we don't know Right, to your point is we don't know the sower. The sower, I guess, should know, but the whole point of the sower is the sower just goes and scatters seed everywhere. It goes everywhere, and um, you know we can look at the different types of soil in a moment. But the overall theme of these verses is the word of God is going out. The word of God is going out, and it's falling on different places, different hearts. It's having different responses to the word of God. Um, and again, here's the great thing about soil. Um, soil, no matter how hard, can be softened with water. And we look at, at the idea that, that water is often uh, correlated to either the Holy Spirit or the Word of God also. Um, as we're told in Ephesians that we're supposed to, as husbands, we're supposed to wash our wives with the water of the Word. And again, that helps that soil be soft and good and ready to receive uh, the seed. So again, when we talk about the hardening of someone's heart, we don't know where they're at. We don't know the more seed that's scattered on there, the greater chance that it has maybe to to actually produce something, more water. Harold? So that's not how we plant our gardens. We, we draw a line, we dig a little furrow, we plant the seed, we cover it up, we water it. This is scattering seed. Mm-hmm. I mean, so as a sower, we can be smart too. Sure. In other words, don't just throw it everywhere. Don't just stand on a street corner and yell about God. You know, be a little more focused. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that we need to understand, though, because I agree with you that that uh, the the word of God is going everywhere, and we're not responsible for the results of it. Uh, you know, because again, even when you prepare, like you're talking about, and you know, I know you know a little bit about seeds and soil. So, uh, even when we're preparing about it uh, with it, um, you know, I mean, maybe you can speak to this a little bit, Harold. Uh, would you every time you you till the soil, plant the seed and water? Do you get um, the expected result every time? Oh, absolutely not. Okay. No, there are many factors. Okay. Yeah, even with a controlled setting, yeah, you're going to have problems. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know, so I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, happy yeah. with that answer. But <laughs> you'll be like, absolutely, every time. No. <laughs> but again, we're doing our part, and we're relying upon factors outside of our control. Let's call it that for the results. Uh, we can do our part, and we think that this is what it is. And again, that's why it's our job to plant the seed. It's our job to, to, to put that seed in motion. It's our job to water. But God's the one that, that, that does the increase, right? We don't know what that seed is doing in the soil. 
and the different nutrients that might have infected the soil just three inches or four inches over. You know, when I used to plant peas, I always had trouble getting plenty of peas. So I would plant excess pea seeds and I would get a nice crop, but I know that probably 30 to 40% of those seeds never produced. Hmm. They never even grew sometimes. So wow. even throwing something in good soil, uh, <coughs> scattering seeds in good soil, some of them are not going to going to produce. Okay. So. Well, but you got the amount of peas that you wanted. I got them out of peas. <laughs> and I would hope that, you know, if you're doing what the scripture says there, that you're going to be harvesting, the, yeah. Yeah. it might not all work on all of, it, on all of the seeds, but it's not going to produce. Hopefully, some will. Yeah. Steve? I was going to say that, that, that uh, to Harold and your point, going, uh, I was going to say that that's what we target to do, but uh, we don't see ourselves uh, as we interact with the world. We are. Uh, a form of the seed over there, whether you want to know it or not. I was over at the DMV, and uh, she goes, I know you. You're here enough to, I, I, and I'm, I'm going, you do? And she goes, yeah. I said, is that good or bad? She says, it's, it's okay. It's okay. When you go to the market and, and whatnot, <laughs> Uh, you you have a reputation that's following you. You could be a grumpy wumpy, or you could be. But what I'm saying is, your demeanor, what you do, everything you touch, you don't like mixing. You may not know what's happening, mm -hmm. but you are you're shedding, you're scattering seed just by your your uh, your yourself being there, living life, going whether you're driving or school or taking the kids, baby. No, don't touch driving. Okay. Just <laughs> Go ahead, I was driving back from Burley yesterday, and, well, even when we went down a couple of days before, we helped Barbara with their open house. Anyway, but the wind, you know, and you're just watching these semis going more than 70, and I'm pretty sure it says 70 for them, and you're like, I, I don't, I only want to pass them because I'm like, oh man, you know, you're going by it, open it. <laughs> and then you still see people going, a lot more, more faith in Christ than you do. <laughs> or maybe they're just trying, try, or they're just trying to get there sooner. I'm not sure. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Helping the, yeah, anyway. Uh, so let's look at the different soils just for a moment. Um, and so we will, we will kind of get, uh, we can look a little bit at some other scripture, but we will in a little bit. But let's, what kind of soil is the path? Let's just talk about that. Okay. Why is it compacted? There's a lot of people in walking. Okay. Yeah. So we have a lot of people. What's that? Oh, sorry. Just making me look at you. Um, we have a lot. <laughs> Mark's like, I'm not gonna say anything in front of you again. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of people though that the that have been trampled on, right? I mean, we just look at at, at there's a people you. You just look at their life and you get to know their story and it's like, man, everything seems to have been against them um, from the moment they they came out of the womb to, or even before to, you know, wherever they are at. And so I'm never excusing someone's behavior, but sometimes, you know, there's people that are in jail, you're like, that makes sense. 
you, you know, they're just, uh, you feel for them to some degree. And I think sometimes those people who are hardened, though, um, we get kind of frustrated with them because they seem to be um, adamant against anything, you know, godly or whatnot. And sometimes that's just a huge wall that they put up to protect themselves um, because of that. Um, so what else do we know about the path and the, and the seed that we can glean from this? Well, the birds come and scoop up the seed, so they aren't even, isn't that the one? Yep. Yeah. And, and they devour the seed, and so it isn't even there, so it can sprout. Right, so it's, it's easy, easy pickings, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's something for us to understand. Now, Jesus clarified um, what they were, and I'm looking for it right now. No, he doesn't really tell them what, what it is, though. There's Okay, there we go. I just hadn't gone that far. So um, if we look at verse 14, the sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path um, who... Where the, uh, when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. Um, so again, back to kind of Mig's point, we don't know. Right? We don't know where they're at, and so we, we cast the seed, we spread the word of God, we share joy, and we don't know what if easy pickings, as, as Robert said. Steve? When Robert's talking about easy pickings, but one more while for that over there is he goes right in the hardened soil. These people, as you said, have been through a lot of vicissitudes, a lot of problems, a lot of hurt, brokenness. But as you said, there's water can soften the soil, but it just seems to me that we need to understand that, that there's a conflict, there's a war going on right there immediately on the hardened soil if there's a bondage mm -hmm. over that. If, if it's easy pickings and Satan could immediately come, it, it, you know, we ought to be maybe paying, at least I should be paying more attention to those that are broken and uh, maybe, maybe be a little more patient if there's a spiritual yeah. warfare going on in those people. Well, and what's interesting is um, Jesus doesn't say, well, the rocky soil are those who reject it and cast it away. He says, he, he says somebody else comes and takes it away. And I think a lot of times that, that's difficult for us to understand because we look at the person and we say, oh, they're just being a Yahoo or whatever you want to, whatever word you want to put in there. Instead of going, wait, there's a, there's there's someone who is who is vehemently active trying to keep them from receiving the word of God. Um, and not now we can't always say this. The devil made me do it. That's not that's not. This isn't a scripture verse that supports that. But we do realize that there are some people that that the enemy is really after and taking the seed away. So what kind of soil is the rocky ground before we read it from the words of Jesus? Shallow. Okay. Yeah. Get rich. Yeah, how many of you have tried to like till a garden or dig a fence post or something and you're like, "What? Where did all this rock come from?" I mean, every rock of you know, I thought you think you're at a quarry all of a sudden. You know, what, uh, <laughs> and then you start watching the Flintstones and you feel fine. But I mean, but I mean, we find that right. It's it's hard soil. And um, have you ever started like we were digging once for this? We were trying to put a cardboard on the side of my parents' house, and we hit this rock. And so we're digging around it, and we're digging around it, and we're digging around it. And we decided, I guess, the cardboard is stopping here. 
And you can go to my parents' old house today, and you can see that this rock was probably about this big around, and we don't know how deep it went, but it, was, it ended up being about this high after we dug around it. Like, well, we're, <laughs> we're not gonna blast through that thing. Uh, and so, but you know, sometimes too on the rocky soil, it's like glaciers, right? You don't know how big that rock is underneath. Um, and there's a big rock there. Jesus says over here in verse 16, and these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And when, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while, then when tribulation or persecution arise on the account of the word, immediately they fall away. And this is a hard one, I think, for us, I would say. This is one of the hardest ones for me, because you see people, and they seem, wow, they're excited about the word of God, and then in a couple of months or whatever, they're nowhere to be found, and you're like, what's going on? I've had people share, share with me, well, I tried God for a while, and it was good, but then it just, I'm like, well, it's not exactly how it works. But, um, but again, that's the mentality, um, again, in different revivals. Every revival that you've seen over the history of, of, of mankind, even at the Reformation, you have a bunch of people who want to be part of the, the excitement, and then something happens that doesn't fulfill their, their selfish needs. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, this wasn't everything that I, that I thought of um, for a time. And Jesus even shows that in John chapter 6, right? When all the crowds are following him, he's handing out Happy Meals like crazy, you know, without the toy. But, um, and, and all of a sudden he says, if you want to be part of me, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And so we see a bunch of them left. They're like, well, that's enough. I, it was fun for a while, but um, I don't want any part of that. I'm out. And, and so we see this continually, and it's funny, and I have to, I have to be careful um, because I've seen excitement and then fade away, excitement fade away uh, through being in church my whole life, that I have to be careful not to be jaded and not share in that excitement because I don't know what soil it is. Um, I, you know, I remember, what was it, two years ago right now when, when Bill and Lila walked in and Steve and I have been talking about praying for people. And he's like, isn't this great? People have shown up. I said, well, we'll see if they come back next week. I mean, that was my, <laughs> my jaded response. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to waste the energy of getting excited just yet. Um, and that's, not, that's a flaw on my part. I should be excited that they're even there for that Sunday, whatever, whenever they show up or whenever they show signs of, of, of growing in Christ. That should be the excitement that we have. And, because I don't know what kind of soil is going on. Asked him, so what are you doing here? He says, I don't know. Yeah. He goes, I don't know. He says, God just told me to come that here. Was, and I'm just going, this guy is, like, it doesn't yeah. know anything. And, and he's hearing God. And, and I, did I paraphrase that right? No, I'm just working on how to uh, approach people better. I, I know, but I'm laughing because God was <laughs> Glad you're here, you know, instead of why you're here. <laughs> That's, sometimes things just come out of my mouth. Oh, and then what about the thorns? What kind of soil is this? I wonder if Go ahead. the thorns were people who get in the way of other people hearing the word and the briars and the brambles. I mean, maybe they're, they're receptive, but hmm. when roadblocks continually get put in their way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think of blackberry bushes that are very invasive. And if you try to throw something on them, they'll catch everything and won't let it go down to the soil a lot of times. Um, 
It could be even within a family or family have a certain tradition or religion behind in their family. Mm. Or people that just, I'm, you know, I, I, people in my own family. Um, you know, you're born, you live, you die. There's nothing else. Mm. And that's how they raise their kids. And, you know, they actively have sought to keep their kids out of church, away from God. This is it. This is it. You're born, you live, you die. Mm. That is very thorny. And so that, yeah, I mean, that that's a thorn, I yeah. would think, in the yeah. way of their development. Well, because really the, the whole th- idea that Jesus says in, in verse uh, 18, um, that those hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things enter in and choke the word so someone gets in the way or they've given them another idea, right, of how it is. And so, no, that's not truth. Um, uh, and it proves unfruitful. I was thinking of my own heart and spirit. I mean, when I came to Christ over there, you know, immediately I was, you know, what do you do on this phone, on giving, caring, sharing, your attitude of reading, uh, uh, when you're raised barbarian, your your whole heart. There's a lot of heart issues over there that need to be addressed. That you're, I mean, you're just starting out, but there's a lot of thorns and, and a lot of issues, a lot of decisions of. Uh, I mean, you've never been raised in the church tradition, but your attitude, actions, words, thoughts, deeds. I mean, I'm looking back. God was merciful to me. I've choked myself out a lot. Well, yeah. I mean, we. I think this is a huge challenge we have in the world today, is the cares of this world. Um, the desire for, or the deceitfulness, as he says here, of riches and the desires for other things. I mean, I think that we are very distracted people. Um, more so, I mean, we were distracted. Obviously, Jesus is talking here before the internet, before we have access to all worldwide news and whatnot. Um, even then, he's saying, hey, cares for this world. So there's some things that are always consistent, and that is, uh, you know, where's my next meal coming from? What how come my neighbors have nicer cars than me? Or, you know, I wore this last week and I have to wear it again, you know, this week or whatever. Uh, you know, just, I mean, a lot of problems that we have. None of us, I, I wouldn't say none of us, um, but I think many of us would say it's a rare time when we've thought, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to eat today. Uh, I don't think any of us have, uh, and, um, and if you do, if you have had those moments, um, you really appreciate the fact that God has taken care of you even in those moments uh, when the cupboards were bare, the bank account was negative and things like that. And you're like, I don't know how, but God saw you through and you're still here today um, because usually it's, it's our own ideas that, um, and distractions that get us into those moments. Uh, I can't say that about people that have been born into certain parts, but for us, yes, Connie. We're talking about worldly things that make things difficult. But what about when you do start studying the scripture and you find things that you really don't understand mm-hmm. that makes no sense? Are those, and I, I sort of see those as thorns mm. that you have to you know, overcome. And it's not sometimes really easy. No, yeah, I understand. Um, I think that... that uh, speaking from a personal thing, is when I come across those things I don't understand, I go, okay, let me move on to the things I do understand, and then maybe God will bring me back to it. Uh, because I have found people who have been stuck on a verse or two for sometimes weeks and months, and they can't get past it. 
and they finally have to get to the point where it's like, okay, I guess I'm not going to understand this just yet. Or I, maybe I don't need to understand it. Uh, but what do I understand? You, you know, again, when we look at the, the big picture of what God is trying to reveal in his word is that, that, that he made everything perfect. We messed up, but he had a plan because he loves us so much. And, and he, we, he had, gives us the victory and we have a hope for a great future. A lot of other things in there in our finite minds um, are very difficult. I mean, there's things in there that I just go, hmm, okay, I don't understand it. Uh, um, there's things in this world today I don't understand either. So that's a lot of the challenge is I, I have to always hold back to, uh, I can't remember who said it, but the phrase of don't forsake what I don't know for the things that I do know. So I always have to, when I get in caught up in those moments of going, why is this happening, Lord? Lord, I don't understand this. Why did you let this happen in the Bible? This makes no sense. You, you know, like I'll get caught up in weird things like, okay, why was Judas then a puppet? Uh, Judas Iscariot? Or was he really making a choice? Or, I mean, I'll get caught up in all these things that really, and was that what, you know, then where is he today? I mean, because you can say, well, he was pretty repentant, but what, I mean, you just look, I can get caught up in all these things. And the Lord's like, okay, so does that change the fact that Jesus came and died for you and paid the price? And okay, no, it doesn't. So, you know, those things are. Mick? I uh, read something somewhere. Reading scriptures like eating fish. When you come to a bone, you don't throw out the whole fish. You set it aside and continue on eating the fish, and the fish being the, the word. Mm. You know, I mean, you just, like you said, then you come back to it later. You, you know, sometimes it's years later before you understand it. Right. Or you get to the point like me where it, it just doesn't matter to me anymore. <laughs> or I forget about it. With Jay Burnley, he says that Matthew doesn't have memory. That's what the word says. I don't understand it. He's already been talking about it. Well, he's. 50 years, they still play him. Yeah, he, he's, he's been dead a while. I don't understand. He says, well, that's what the word says. Yeah, he'll go, well. That's, what, that's what it says. It like I don't claim to know it all the time, but that's what it says. And then, but let's move on. He'll go and and then he said, <laughs> like, okay. So, uh, so we'll wrap this up next week and then uh, jump. We just keep moving forward. So good discussion. We got through almost the whole thing today. I'm so proud of all of us. No, <laughs> Father, thank you again for your word, Lord. Thank you for the clear revelation that you have given to us, and may we hold to that and trust you for those things that are difficult at times to understand. And yet, Lord, uh, may we rely upon what we do know. Lord, again, may we be those who, who generously scatter the Word of God and trusting you uh, for the results. And also, may we be intentional about it. It wasn't uh, like the, 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 the sower had a place, a, where, a place that he walked, a place that he was going. Um, it was his area to scatter seed. And so, Lord, may we be those who, in our context, uh, spread the word of God. We thank you again for your goodness and your love. And uh, Lord, just bless each one of us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.